Welcome to the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, a.k.a. Possibility Man. We're committed to bringing you guests who strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. Our guest today is Addie Funky and Agnes Larigo. Addie is a social worker. She works in the foster care and adoption agencies in the United Kingdom. She's the founder and CEO of Agency Connect. She's on a mission to help transform the foster care and adoption system by improving diversity, equity, and inclusion. She has a vision to make foster uh, make belonging big in the foster care industry. Her 12-year-old daughter, Agnes, is an entrepreneur and the manufacturer of the elderflower drink, Addie. Agnes, welcome to the show today. Hi, good to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. You're very, we're very happy to be here with you today. Wonderful. Look, I'm eager to talk with you. And uh, first, as programming note to our listeners and our viewers, follow, like, and share this podcast wherever you find it. Hey, um, Addie, you were drawn to social work. I'm curious as to what prompted you to become a social worker. I would say, thank you. That's a very good question, actually, Stephen. That would probably be something to do with my own childhood experience. Oh. Um, I, was, I lost my mom when I was quite young. I was nine years old when my mom passed. And mm -hmm. um, I guess something about that experience leaves you... Um, feeling alone even though I have family around me but obviously losing your mom is quite a devastating um, incident so it left me it left me as a child feeling like maybe I didn't have a voice uh -huh. so okay. yeah have you come to terms with that that feeling of not having a voice from your childhood and I'm sorry that you lost your mom at such an early age thank you I've come to terms with it. I would say I am finding my my voice and because I am oh. able to use my work to help other young girls, other uh -huh. nine-year-old girls. So yes, it's something that I'm working through, I would say. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You're doing good good work because I found you for, through your work on, on social media. And your beautiful daughter, Agnes turned 12 recently. Happy birthday, Agnes. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, well, you know something, Agnes, you may not know this. I'm going to make you blush with this because your mom is talking with you uh, on, so on her primary social media platform and you appear before thousands and thousands of people because of what your mom has said. I want to share some things that she has said. I want your mom to kind of, mom to kind of expand on this for me. Um, she says, Agnes, about you, she says, being her mom is a blessing. Eddie, why did you say that? Tell us about that. Um, well, I'm sure every mother would say their child or children are a blessing to them. M most mm -hmm. mothers would say that. I would, um, but Agnes, uh, she's very in intuitive and she... She knows sometimes if I'm feeling upset or sad or happy, she'd say, Mom, are you okay? You know, she kind of like taps into, into what, what's going on. And not just with me, but with her friends, with family members, she's very intuitive. And yeah. with her friends, she looks out for 
others and wants everybody to feel included, you know, so wow. that's why I say she's a blessing. <laughs> that's wonderful. I can see that she's intuitive, you know, anyone who wants to start a business. We'll talk about that a little later. But uh, Agnes, your mom also says that you already are making a positive impact in the world. Firstly, before you talk about that, Eddie, I want to ask Agnes, how does it make you feel to know that your mom is making those kinds of comments about you? Um, I told you it would make you blush on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really know to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine we lost. Yeah. I lost the words. But you know, uh, Eddie, when you say that, you know, what what comes to mind when you say that she's already making a positive impact on the world? It's just with the way that she is. She's a very, very positive person. I mean, uh -huh. don't get me wrong. She's a teenage preteen, and so she still has her moments. But generally, she's very positive. So, take for mm -hmm. example, she started at a new school recently because she's gone into secondary. And I think it was in the second the second day, one of the staff rang me to say, nothing is wrong, but I just wanted you to know that your daughter was helping another student who was upset. And, you know, we just thought that that's really great. And we wanted to feed that back to you as her parent. And, yeah. you know, so that's just one example of how she makes a positive impact on the world, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm with it. Um, actually, with her, with her drink that she makes, that's gonna make a huger impact as she gets deeper into it. So, yeah, but you know, you also say, and I can see this, um, Agnes, your mom, your mom also said that you radiate joy. Now, look, I can see it. You know, I saw you on a social media platform, I could see it, but have you on camera. I'm not gonna even ask your mom to comment here unless she wants to, but I can see that you really do radiate joy. So I'm making you blush, right? There's one other story that I can tell you before you and I ever met on camera. Do you want to hear it? Okay. I saw you on a platform, a social media platform called LinkedIn. And you were yeah. stirring your elderflower drink. In fact, this is, this is really it. When I saw you, Agnes, I said, I've got to talk to this girl. And the only way I could get to you is through your mom. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but uh, Eddie also went to talk to you as well. So, yeah. So, look, um, Agnes, I want to chat with you, mom, for just a moment. Um, would it be okay if I just have a little conversation with her? Then we'll bring you back a little later to talk with you. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. I really appreciate that. So, Eddie, I want to talk with you about your work as a social a worker, um, the foster care system seem, and adoption system both seem to be very important to you in the UK where you live. Can you tell us why that is? Why is this in your heart? Well, like I said to you earlier, Stephen, I felt that um, there's some things that I've experienced that I'm not going to go into them as such, but let's just say there's some traumatic experiences that has happened in my life that makes me puts me in a position where I'm able to relate to children who are um, in care, children who maybe feel displaced, children who perhaps don't have um, somebody who is their bed parent, uh, who they're, you know, who they're, they're living with, but particularly children who don't feel like they have a voice, they have that, you know, that ability to 
advocate for themselves. So that so that's why it's on my heart because I can relate to those feelings as as you know as as, as a child. So yeah, that, you know, why. yeah, you know, many of us um, don't have insight into the emotions that children who are in the adoption process or foster care system, you know, may be going through. Can you give us an insight, some insights into what some of these children may be going through in terms of their feelings, their emotions, being in the system? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to paint a gloom and doom picture for every children. And of course, I can't speak for every child. I can only speak for speak from from you know some of the experiences that I've seen or indeed some of the um the fee feeling if you like that some of the young people that I've worked with have shared with me and sometimes it's a feeling of being displaced you can imagine being being away from what you know the people that you care about the people who are your siblings being separated from them how difficult that must be for a for a child or you know even if you even if you don't have a sibling even if you're the only child in your family, but being separated from the people who love you, the people that you love, um, can it can have a serious emotional impact on your life. And it sometimes makes you question your own identity. And sometimes the story that you believe to be what's made up your identity, sometimes it's not the true, it's not the, the real full um, picture, if you like. So sometimes you don't fully understand where you come from. So those are some of those feelings that you can, you can, you know, if you can, if you could try to imagine what that's like, if you don't fully know your own story, how that impacts sense of who you are. You right. Know? And I can imagine it would be especially difficult for a child who yes. doesn't know how to process those emotions. Would that be yes. right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, um, just to think about it, the foster care system, you know, that means that a child is in a situation right before they get into foster care. Can you tell us about what some of those situations might be that would cause a kid to be landed in the system? Okay, so sometimes it's because um, for whatever reason, parents are not able to look after their children. It might be sometimes it's a generational um, situation. So the parents might have been in care themselves, but maybe the the parent before that parent was in care. So sometimes the cycle continues because they've not had that role model, that home life weight that helps them to feel secure and grow into you know an adult who feels secure in themselves, so that they're able to then care for another person. So sometimes that's what's happened. So things have gone on before them, you know, bef- obviously before they, they they were ever born. Sometimes children are just simply born into that situation. I've had a situation where I've, I don't know whether to share this now, where I've had a young person who I was their social worker. They were three days old when I became their social worker. So before they've known anything, you know, they're already already in, in, in the system, you know. So that can have a significant impact on how you identify and how you kind of process your life and how you think about your future, really, because you, you mm. really don't know where you're coming from, you know? So that can mm. make it quite, quite difficult. So sometimes, to, to answer your question, sorry, Stephen, you said, what sort of situation? So sometimes it can be drugs and alcohol, not always, mm-hmm. but sometimes that has something to do with it. In fact, a lot of the time it has some something to do with it. Sometimes it's uh, domestic abuse, emotional abuse, 
you know, lots of different abuse, sexual abuse, all sorts of abuse happens in people's lives that makes it unsafe for them to either bring up their own children or make it safe for their children to be living in the home with them. So therefore, sometimes the state has no choice but to remove that child in order to keep them safe if there's no other family members around. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's just um, daunting just to think about a child facing that type of adversity before they experience life, because that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Is that there's adversity somewhere and causes this child to be landed in the system, if I can call it that. Indeed, indeed. So, So in working with these kids, how do you, you know, try to foster in them a greater sense of identity and a feeling of belonging? It's not always easy. I mean, obviously that is where foster parents and adoption, adoptive parents come in. You know, that is why we try to do the work with families to make sure that it's a right fit, you know, that we, we go through the great length of finding families for children to make sure that those children feel like their needs are being met in, you know, in whatever home that they're placed in. Whether if it's a, if it's an adoptive family, obviously that is considered a forever family, you know, if it works out. Most of the time it does, but sometimes it, it, things happen and even the forever family doesn't always work out. So we we work very hard to make sure that the families who are coming forward um, are feeling, not just feeling, but they are able to look after the children, not just... I'm okay to look after them for a few years, but this is a life commitment. It's a life-changing situation. It's not the same as having given birth to your own child because essentially you're bringing up a child that somebody else has given birth to, but also that child could be coming with additional needs, which you may or may not know at the time of um, them joining your family. You know, know, and you're, you're the founder and CEO of Agency Connection. Um, how would you describe your vision for this, for agency connection? So my vision is to ensure that all adoption and foster agencies have people on the, uh, in, in the process of decision-making, caring for children who are in the, in the care system. Mm-hmm. I My vision is that I want to ensure that all those agencies have diverse voices on those agencies, you know, in in those decision-making processes so that we don't have one side fits all, as it were, because children in the care system come from all different ethnicity, different ages, different abilities. So I believe that the people who are making decisions about those children's life should come from different abilities, different ethnicities and different voices, you know, to make sure that representation. Yeah, you know, I noticed that you do have a passion for what I'll call cultural diversity. Is this something that's newly emerging for you or has this long been a passion of yours? You know, I would say that this has been a long, it's been a passion of mine for a long time. I think longer than I realized, actually, because my culture is very important to me. So I would say this has been, it's been there for a while, but maybe when I started to really discover what my passion is for adoption and fostering, I realized there is a connection between my own personal, um, what would you call it? Passion doesn't seem like the right word to use. Okay. You know, whatever whatever it is, that, that, that thing, and my vision for adoption and fostering 
making it more diverse space there is a connection between those two things so that that helps me to want to take it even even further you know i got it i got it you know and i was intrigued because you attended some type of talent awards program uh, could have been this summer i'm not sure and the thing that struck me is that you identified that event that you were at and you connected it to increasing your joy, you know, laughter and inspiration. Am I making this up or, or are those two things connected? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the event that you speak of was only last night. Ah, that I, okay. It was only it was only last night. And what I what one of the things that made me so happy, it was a room full of people who look like me doing amazing things, inspirational things, things that we probably might have thought is not possible, you know? So to see so many people, and obviously that's just a fraction of people who look like me who are doing amazing things. But in this room, maybe there was like, I don't know, 400 people say, maybe more. It was just, it was, oh, I can't even explain it. It was just so joyful. So, wow, yeah, <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. have, it was, yeah. it was inspiring to see, to yeah. see that. So. Yeah, well, it was inspiring for me to see your face smiling with these other people that were in the picture. I said, whoa, look at it. Look at Eddie, you know, just having a great time. And you've also, I saw something else that was associated with you. And I don't know much about it, but it was called the Happy Startup Camp. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, what was, what is that about? So that's an interesting, um, that's another event that I went to recently. In fact, that was a, a weekend long glamping event i don't know whether you're familiar with the word glamping um no so, not so tell us about it yeah, so, yeah. i'm okay. in the united states so people you know, people who maybe europeans and other parts of the world i'm in the united states eddie yes. is in the united kingdom so we got some different terminology going so what is yes. that <laughs> so glamping is a kind of luxury level type of camping so i am not somebody who is into camping i like my own bed i don't like like you know sleeping outside under the stars all of that stuff that people describe that is super joyful around camping I'm usually like okay I, I hear you but you know I just I just book a hotel room you know so, but I was I had the privilege of being invited to this event for on it was it started on a Friday morning and it finished on Sunday afternoon and I was initially like oh I'm not so sure this seems a bit whoop, you know woo woo you know like <laughs> Are we going to be in trees or what? And I just wasn't sure about it. But I decided at the beginning of this year, instead of checking out from things that I'm not sure about, I would lean in and just give myself an opportunity to explore and see maybe I would learn something new. So mm -hmm. I decided to go along and it was life changing. It was it was wow. really amazing. So that so not only did we have it was it wasn't just the camping, but there was lots of workshops where you could self-reflect. There's lots of opportunity to really look at your business, look at your skills, where you want to go, where you want to get to. Do you have the right skills? If not, what do you need? Who do you need around you to help you to achieve those things? So that's what the Happy Startup Camp was about. There was 150 people there and it was wow. it was, it was life-changing. It was life-changing. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That sounds good. I wish I, were, wish I had been there with you. Yeah. Now, I know that if you if you were having a conversation with, let's say, hiring managers or people who are working in adoption, foster care services, if you were trying to deliver a message to them about hiring, about 
inclusion, the kinds of things that are important to you. What, what kinds of things would you say to them? So there's lots of things I would say, but one of the things is that, you know, they're saying never judge a book by its cover. So I used to yeah. think, what, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> but I started to observe that sometimes we can be very quick to make decisions about other people based on the way they appear, the way they sound. And that's not always a, that's not always a good thing. You know, sometimes our instincts are right. The first impression is the right impression and you should stay well away. But there are times when the first impression is really not the full picture. It doesn't give you the full picture of that person. And sometimes people have a lot more capability, more skills. There are people who have inspiration. But because we're very quick to put them in a certain box, we don't allow them to bring their full self, their authentic self, to bring mm. everything that they can be to that situation because we've boxed them into what we think into a place where we think they should belong, you know? Yeah, so. I see, I see. Yeah, now I want to um, move on, Eddie, to uh, social media. Now, oh. as I see you on social media, and, and I know you're gonna, you're gonna get me straight if I got it wrong, I think that uh, you are identified as a thought leader. Did I get that right or am I off base here? I have an award that says I'm a thought leader. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, you, yeah you've, you've gotten an award. So first, let me ask you, what is a thought leader? What is that? I would say a thought leader is somebody who's come up with an idea. Or maybe they didn't come up with the idea, but they're forward thinking in that idea and pressing it forward and bringing other people alongside them to paint the vision, if you like, to bring that vision alive. That's what I would call a thought leader. So you're, you're, you're pushing the idea, you know, to to make it be, become more become more true to life, I suppose. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that's how that's yeah. how I'd be thought leader. I like it. I like thought leader. That's awesome. So look, so what kinds of what idea or ideas that um, caused the people who voted you thought leader uh, would 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 cite? I. I, that, that's a lot to do with my work. And I wouldn't want to say that I came up with the idea of diversifying adoption of fostering panels. I'm sure somebody mm -hmm. else mentioned it ever before, but it dawned on me in 2020 that actually this space is not diverse enough. There's not enough different ideas. There's not enough people who look different. There's not enough people who have who look different, people who sound different, people who think differently. And I wanted to change that. I, it became my mission, if you like, to change that for the reason that I cited earlier. You know, I, for me, there needs to be a correlation between the children that we're making, that we're caring for, and the people who are making mm -hmm. decisions around, around those children. There needs to be a correlation. And I felt mm -hmm. like there hasn't been. So I, I wanted to change that. So there that's and it's simple, it's simple, isn't it? It's simple, isn't it? It's not, it's not like rocket science. Yeah. Um, so look, you, you know, people talk about engagement on social media. I mean, a lot of people talk about it. They don't know how to do it, but you're doing it. What's, you know, how do you engage uh, on social? In fact, you know, it's your engagement that caused me to find you. 
if you weren't doing something, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known about Agnes and you. So tell me about engagement and what do you do to engage your community on, on social media? Various things. So I like to read what other people are doing for one, and I you know I make comments about the whatever it is they're talking about, if there's a, an issue that's happening, if I have an opinion about it. I'll give an opinion. If somebody has done something really great, I congratulate them. Or sometimes I help to share about their work, to highlight them and promote what, what they're doing. And also I share a little bit about what I'm up to. If something is happening, I've got, I don't know, I've got a new training or I've been somewhere. I like to share about that. I talk a little bit about my children, if it's relevant to the work. I don't just talk about them just just for the sake of it but usually if there's something that they're doing that I think oh that brings me to think about x or something then I think I, I I would share about that and because I like to when an idea comes to my head I like to share it and and, and ask other people well what do you think this is what I thought about that what mm. do you think about that you know so that's so, awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's great because you mentioned you would share about your your children and you shared about Agnes and that caught my eye and I, I reached out to you. So it's working. It's working. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, Eddie, is there anything else that you want to share uh, before we leave today? And I'm going to ask you the same question, Agnes. So I'm coming back to you. Anything else that you want to share that I haven't asked you today? No, it's just to say thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for inviting us. It's been amazing talking to you. And, uh, you know, when someone asks you about your your vision or your ideas is not it's not it's not something that you sit and think about often so you you kind of you you're you learn something about yourself too as you're giving the answer so I I, I like that I like the fact that you've asked me this question so thank you very much yeah. and it's, I appreciate it's my joy as well yes Agnes uh, is there anything else that you would like to share before we say goodbye today no I don't think so thank you has it been good meeting Stephen yes <laughs> To be honest, if I looked back on it, I don't think I would have been seeing myself doing this. So it's uh -huh. been a pleasure. I'm looking forward, Agnes, to talking to you again. I'm not going to give it a time limit, but at some point, you know, you may reach out to me and say, "Look, you know, I'm doing such and such. I want to." So let's let's that door is open, okay, for us to talk again. Yeah. I may reach out to you and say, "Agnes, what are you up to?" But feel free to reach out and say. Look, I'm ready to go back on the podcast, but this is what I'm doing my <laughs> business. Okay? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're great. Well, you've been listening to the Possibility Action Network podcast. Our guest today has been Ada Funky and Agnes Larigo. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton. Until next time, good day. You are not alone, just keep on.